I love people. Like people are fascinating to me. I think they're, sometimes oh. I think about it and it trips me out. Like if you think about how many people are on the planet, there's like an entire universe inside of each and every one of us that you could explore infinitely. It's pretty wild. Like one person you talking about Sondra, their band was Sondra Saloon and it's like the concept that each person has their own uh, path and everything that they did. I think about that too when I go, I walk by houses and I'm like, this house represents that person's existence, their neighbors, what they thought about, their challenges, and that's their story. I go next one, now, boom, I go to a different area, boom, okay, different story here. This person has that neighbor that maybe bugs them or they thought about this or they do architecture. Or yeah, and then the history of that place and all the people who've been there. Get out of my thoughts, Kat. Get out of my thoughts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Hello and welcome to episode number 279 of the Armin Show podcast, where it is always different and not the same, which are different ways of saying the same thing. On this episode, we have, she is an actress. She has done production. She, I find to be thoughtful and joins us on this one. Kat Faraway, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited. I am also. Also, I've heard this is your first podcast. Highly recommended. All people, nine out of 10 dentists, including I just had a dentist on the show. They recommend having your first episode on this show <laughs> for health, cardiovascular system. Keeps you really just the momentum and thought. There's a lot of benefits. I'm just talking positively about the show. This is a great thing. Now, Did you yeah. really have a dentist on the podcast? I thank you. And yes, I have had my first dentist on the podcast. I knew him indirectly through someone I'd met many years ago. And he has his own practice. For all the people, I should try to link things up more. Check the after this one, check the previous episode. He runs his own practice in Glendale, California, and is a holistic biological dentist, Dr. Joseph Sarkiskin. Oh. Yeah. Dr. Who? Dr. Joseph Sarkiskin. Amazing. Yes. Frankly, actually, he is of Armenian background like me from Cyprus. I'm Armenian from Iran. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? And maybe later on, in connection to that, I've seen the clip you have done of doing a certain accent from a certain part of your background. If we can bring that back, that'd be exciting. But can you tell us a bit about that? <laughs> yeah, um, my dad is Scottish. So my dad is from Glasgow. Um, he moved to America when he was 30 to climb the Sierra mountains and then he just never moved back and then he met my mom so that's been a huge part of my life and I ended up living there for a year when I studied abroad and and then that was my first lead in a feature film was um was a Scottish character I think because I could do the accent which is exciting yeah whoa there's a lot of interesting there is the character by the way that you did the same character that you did in like a clip online? Yes. Morag. It's the same character. Oh, Morag. No, no, no. Oh, no, I no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were able to do, so you can do a full Scottish accent. I can. I mean, I, never... I don't know if like actually, I don't know if actual Scottish people would buy my accent because I think it's a little bit of like an amalgamation of different regions but 
Well, I just want to throw in um, the dentist from the past episode wouldn't wouldn't use amalgams, which are also amalgamations. So I had to throw that in for <laughs> purposes. But you were in, have you been to Glasgow? And um, do you like that region? I'm gonna close this window because there's like a leaf blower. Leaf blowers are not supported by the Armin Show podcast. Let me include that part. If there's a leaf blower and you want to bring it as your sidekick on an episode, somebody else in the I future, mean, we don't. I support thought it. that they were. I thought that they were not allowed in California, but then they still are everywhere, and they're the bane of my existence. It, they sound like, and now they're the bane of our show's existence. We are banning leaf blowers from future episodes. They're <laughs> banned. Yeah. <laughs> We've cleared them out. Your your dad yeah. is Scottish. And then, wait, so have you been to Glasgow? I have been to Glasgow, but I didn't really spend that much time there because um, where I was studying was on the opposite side of the country in St. Andrews, just north of Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I, I went through Glasgow, but because I'm an introvert, especially even more so at that time, mm -hmm. uh, I just passed through and then ended up going to the Isle of Skye. So I still want to explore more of Glasgow, but I would like to explore it with someone who's from there so they can kind of show me around. And... This is where I throw a shout out to Mary Mullen who's been on the show multiple times. Uh, she lives in Glasgow and is a solid representation of said region. And what a cool region. What does she do? She is a costume designer. She has worked at Scottish Ballet uh, for a good chunk of time. and. They have uh, costumes. I'm great at description, by the way. I was recently voted really good at describing things, but that is what she does. And, That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Scottish Ballet, which I think last year had their 50th anniversary. And also her colleague friend, Eve, who's been on the show. She's a dancer who has danced for Scottish Ballet and is part of Estonian National Opera, but she is now back in Estonia. Mm. Mm -hmm. things happening on the planet this is an interesting thing we had been discussing earlier each person on the planet having their own story their own path they're all linked in some form and then through time infinite um, crazy the amount of stuff happening all at the same moment is un uncharted uncharted territory out of control we never had even this many like we had four billion people i think on the earth in 1980 or 70 somewhere around there so even the numbers of people that just scares me. <laughs> We're just going to place another 3.5 billion on the planet. All right. Have a good time, everybody. <laughs> that is true. It's something. It's it wild. Now, that's from your dad's side. What about your mom's side? My mom is, um, okay, so I did one of those tests. Could have been any kind. We have so many tests in 2020, but no longer no, the SAT requires yes. I did the 23 and me. Okay. So she's basically it's exactly what it's exactly what I was told. But it was just validated through, you know, DNA. We so we're all she, wondering what were you told? <laughs> she's half Italian. Like I think it was like actually more than half. It was like 
60% from the Sicilian region. So watch out. Watch yeah. out. Oh, you know what? Well, I have, I'm, I'm so strong. <laughs> and, um, and then there was mostly the rest was Irish, I think. Wow, there's a dragonfly outside my window. That's really unusual. Also banned from the, no, I'm kidding. They're fine. They're not leaf blowers. But we thought about it recently, you know. Dragonflies are huge. And then there was, oh, this isn't adding up. I'm, I'm off with the numbers, but there was also 17% um, Jewish on my mom's side, which is one thing odd because I don't know how they track Judaism. Jewish is not a, I don't know, complicated, but anyway. 17%, <laughs> exactly 17. So people who were thinking of 16 or 18%, they're wrong. Mm -hmm. But right, that's true. There's like breakdowns. So a good chunk is Northern European and some European middle. But I'm based, yeah, I'm just European. I'm a, a mix of European. Fair. UK and local regions and then the middle. And yeah. some Sicilians. So watch out, everybody. I don't know if you noticed that part, but watch out. Because Sicilians, what do, what do Sicilians do, Kat, that people should be watching out for? I don't know. I just hear they're, uh, you know, dangerous people. Oh, this is a dangerous show. So you came on the right one. Okay. Yeah, exactly. You never know what's going to happen out of nowhere. There's going to be a external hard drive makes its way through the episode. <laughs> out of nowhere. With five terabytes. No, but I've never been to Sicily. I actually also lived in Italy in Tuscany for a summer mm -hmm. um, to kind of revisit my roots. And but I didn't make it to Sicily and I've heard it's really gorgeous and quite amazing. So I'd love to go. Well, at that point you would be officially dangerous, which currently you are not because you have not gone there. Have you been there? No, I've not. I'm just default dangerous by default, but I've not oh. been in Sicily. But you've been to parts of Italy. Yeah, all over. I really like Italy a lot. Now, speaking of countries, while we're on the topic of countries, before getting into some of the material you create creatively for the public and whatnot, <laughs> but first, country-related. Yeah. You have been to some countries. When you think of locations around the planet that have had some impact on you, as far as thoughts, what they mean to you, people you met, something along those lines, what countries come to mind or what places at first? Oh, wow. Portugal is huge for me. I fell in love with Portugal when I went. Um, Why? Oh, my God. I don't know. It's hard to describe the terrain, like the, there are cliffs and ocean. And I just felt like the people are very warm. Um, but also not, not, you know, like I just remember there not really being much advertising and that struck me um, that you kind of could just be, like we were talking about just being mm -hmm. and laid back and just kind of 
um, explore and and I just found it to be very like romantic and I just love it. Yeah. You were one with nature when you were there. Yeah, but even in the city, like even in Lisbon, um, I found it very easy to just wander and explore and and uh, and be. You know, I have to just I wanted to include this, but I'm gonna bring it about the being. I noticed this. I want to bring this up because it's an important topic. I am being as a person. You are being as a person. Often I look at many individuals that it looks a little bit more frantic. It looks a little bit like I'm not fully there, but the good thing is over there, but it's never actually there. And what comes to mind for you about this topic of being? Have you always felt at ease? Do you feel at ease? How do you associate with the concept of just being and being like a being good? Yeah, I think uh, it's something that I've grown up with. Luckily, had parents and um, family who I think really embrace that idea, and um, not even in like a spiritual way necessarily, but just we did a lot of camping and went into nature and. Um, for them, like, you know, they didn't have much handed to them. None of my family has. And so I think the balance of having to work so hard gave perspective of what, what is actually valuable in life. And so um, the just being part comes in because I think I just observed them like, what is the point of chasing, chasing, chasing? Um, often people who have the most physically in the worldly sense, um, internally are the messiest, most confused individuals. Not necessarily, I mean, some people find a way, which is amazing, I think, because I don't think you know, I've come to a place where I'm not, um, I love worldly things. I love materialism in a certain sense. I mean, we all need certain things to get by, but um, if you don't have that being, then none of it really matters. Um, it's, you know, it's easier to talk about. I think it's a big, I think that's a big reason why there's so much mental illness in America. Um, and that's a huge topic, but um, it reminds me of this philosopher, his name's, I think his name's Alan DeLongbottom. Okay. Have you heard of him? I'm gonna say no, oddly enough. How do I pronounce him? He, he has a YouTube channel called The School of Life. School Which of Life. Great. I know mm -hmm. the School of Life. How is it? It must be a different School of Life because there's a School of Life by, I think, Srinivas Rao, but that's a different uh, things like that. No. Oh. Ah, okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, he and he wrote he wrote a book called The so uh, Social Anxiety, and he had this 
series of um he had a series of shows i think on the bbc or some kind of you know he's british mm. and he covered like each um ancient greek philosopher and mm. sort of what their teachings can show us in the modern day and it's worth checking out because he really talked about how in advertising like there are basically four or five themes of what they're trying to sell us which is like friendship nature sex and a couple other things or like be youth and beauty like um which is vitality i don't know and just that um they're using what's inherently ours and basically telling us that we don't have it but it's out there somewhere but it's actually us that has it and it's very different from like if we actually want those things we can pretty easily create them but then we get tricked into thinking that we have to buy something in order to have it it's a whole mess <laughs> you just made me think of specifically related to that which is kind of also related to something later that I first, when I noticed it, that's when I reached out to you in the first place, I saw a Gary V post thing that you put up. Yeah. And he had mentioned before when he was young, he was, this, this relates perfect, watch these analogies, everybody watch out for this. When he was young, he would steal flowers from a person's house and then sell them back to them. And they would buy them because he was young and it was nice and whatnot. But that's not that different from what you're describing. The flowers were there, they were in their yard. They already had them. He went, did some sort of, you know, we'll call it marketing. And boom, they were like, oh, we'll pay you $5 for these flowers, which I already had in the first place. Thus putting myself into a hole. I didn't even have prior to this, but they apparently didn't see what they had kind of thing. The analogy is off the charts right here. And yeah, it is actually. Wow. Thank you. He's a little shit for doing that. I can't believe he did that. Well, he, well, <laughs> it's part of, you know, it's a different category of you know business and marketing slightly is it has that but he was young he was a little guy so everybody's like all right we'll buy them but <laughs> a not a not as you know cute version of that is the advertising or whatever industry that takes oh what what is the thing we can poke at or pull from that you don't feel up to par in or we can create a feeling of you not being up to par and then Here's our thing that is in one of these five categories you described, for example, that you can purchase from us and you'll be okay for a little bit. Hopefully it doesn't actually solve the issue, but we'll be back in two weeks with version 2.0 or the other one or subscription. Yeah. And it's not the, they're not there for your well-being. Right. Hmm. You know, sometimes when it, cover a topic that's like a big chunk like what we just covered is like a huge chunk of some people's existence and they're not feeling good like that was enough that was the there's other topics in life but like that one is a there's some people that maybe 80 percent of their day is impacted by oh i got a thing in the car that i bought actually owns me i bought it but i have to take care of it it means so much to me if someone scratched it now i'm like worse off than i was before i even had the car and that's not being what do you think about this concept? I've talked about being be the most important. If you don't have that, you go into doing, which is sort of frantic, but you try to do as much as you can to get little feelings of being. And then if you're not doing much, the lowest one is having. So you have like possessions, 
that mm. just like when you buy them or occasionally they make you feel a little bit like you have or are doing, but for the most part, uh, I mean that you're being or doing, but for the most part, your possessions do barely anything for you while they're just sitting there. Mm. About that concept. I like that. I haven't thought in that sequence, but I really like that a lot. Mm. So it's useful. It's like a gradient of what is valuable. Now, before people are like, Armin, you tangent more than tangents from like calculus. What can you tell us a bit about your, uh, I guess we'll call it functional background as an actress and producer? How did you get into that category? And also, for my interest, does it relate to like when you were very little, did you see it like already as a category that would suit you based on your connection with emotions or you know, presentational nature? Or something like that. Mm. I just want to say before we move on that Fine. that um, Gary V is amazing, and I'm sorry I didn't think of uh, selling reselling flowers to other people. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just a little jealous that he thought of that idea. I love flowers. Mm -hmm. um, no, I I really love him a lot. And he's had a big impact on my life. Um, but yeah, into me, my story, how I've kind of, uh, yeah. So I remember watching Gone with the Wind when I was little. The, a top, lot. the top grossing movie of all time, adjusted for value. I recently found it like a month ago. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know any of that, but I was like five years old and I would sit quietly through the whole movie which is a, it's a long movie it's very long mm -hmm. and so I think it was just in my nature to really like you know the the the, the this huge story arc and it's very grand and it's like you go to a different world and there's different costumes and it has a lot to do with history and I love that um and I think I was just very much attracted to like what I was talking about earlier like fascinated by the human being and the infinite world that's inside of each individual um and how each one of us plays a different role in a movie or you know that's the that's the art that happened to be most enthralling to me um and yeah for sure like it was very evident i yeah at that age like i would put on a cd and make everyone sit down on the couch and force them to listen to me like i would like lip sync and dance around and i thought it was the coolest thing um yeah and then and then i ended up starting voice lessons when i was seven oh. and um i studied voice for 11 years and that was a huge part of like me becoming an artist and loving um like loving standing in front of people and giving them an experience and i saw how it affected people and even at a little age, like I think my first recital, I was eight years old and I sang Loch Lomond, which is a Scottish 
mm -hmm. folk song. And there were grown women in the audience crying over me singing this song. I'm like, what in the world? I mean, this is really amazing that I can move people. Um, and it happened to be something that came very natural to me. And so, you know, I pursued it very strongly and I loved it. I still love it, um, music very much. And yeah, and then I just kept doing it. And my parents are crazy enough to encourage me. That's crazy. Okay, I'll give them a call because of what they have done. This is unbelievable. Hello, yes, she's continued for years now. I don't know where this motivation and support came from. I can't help myself. Right. She's doing it now on her own, not even related with you guys. <laughs> that yeah. is, so in, in one way you're introverted, but then when it comes to maybe showcasing or if you have an impact on people, that's out the door suddenly and you are impacting. Well, yeah, I mean, I find it so irritating that this notion that um, artists or performers have to be extroverts because it's just not the case. I mean, there are so many, there are people who are extroverts who are, and you see them and they're very, um, they love to go out and meet tons of new people and whatever, like that's their thing. That's but in the, in the context of art, it's different because there's parameters. So, I go on stage and I know the rules, you know what I mean? Like they listen and I do my thing and that's how it is. You know, I think it's different for my, I think why a performer can transcend that, the, the sense of feeling like an extrovert or not is because when you're in performance, you're transcending your personality which actually ties into how I think about art, which is very much like a, a very transcendent spiritual. I mean, that's how I get my, I think my meaning from existence is through art. And it's not true for every artist, but for me, like the ability to create another human being and really imagine that I'm becoming and empathizing so much with someone else's story that I'm going to embody them as if I'm also almost giving life to a different soul, like a different spirit. Um, it's like the coolest thing. It's like, so, I don't know. Are you awakening another part of yourself in that way? Is it like you are, adding an element of them that they can see? What is that, what is that part? I think it's both. I, you know, I think it's like um, telling a story for all the people who will feel like their story is being told, like giving voice to anyone who would resonate with it, but also searching within myself and acknowledging that mm, if I had had different life experiences, if I had been born under and walked each step that this person walked, maybe I would have ended up like this. 
and really in that way it like liberates an individual from um feeling like they're fixed into i am cat faraway i am you know limited by my experience or whatever right it's like without that well this was your thing and this was your little room to be in whereas with this mm -hmm. you can go into that room also and then that room and check out that one that's true without that suddenly now you're just in one room you know there's something over there there's doors and stuff but well i'll just not know that's true huh that's not as appealing it's like uh branching out that you can only do through other people and their stories it's like you're connecting with the human condition in a way. yeah totally and it's fun it's play i mean it's what children do naturally and i think it's what marlon brando said this in his book um songs my mother taught me but just that he believes that or he knows that everybody acts all the time whether you think you do or not we do um to get what we want to appease to you know get by like that's we just kind of that's the human being this is true cat has out of me i'm actually a rapper i'm pretending to be a podcast host this time but i've been killing the game out here i have like i, I mean i have made a lot of raps but this is a valid i have i have like 300 or something on my computer from years ago i have rapped for many years oh that's a good one actually dude classic i always like to bring out some if i do a random rap right now cat would you join me in singing something afterwards that would be great it would be a good like oh a one two yes but it's not really on the spot because beforehand i am doing a full rap from nowhere so mine is just also on i'm joining you on the spot on the stage which is where introverts and extroverts can join because we are bring, bringing forth our art regardless of our internal condition walking into a door of a new cool place and my rap is going to be about not only the upcoming singing that's happening after it but also the ability to just be yourself in the moment shout out to the cat and this rap should I pull up a beat? No, too much risk. Cause you know, they're gonna, Dr. Dre will call me. Hey, you used my beat. Unbelievable on your show. Obviously it'll be great for Dr. Dre to call me, but so we'll put that aside with no beat. I'll just, so cats on the show. I used to be a rapper. Now I've switched up my plans. Where are all the clappers to support what I'm doing? The standing ovation. I'm rapping so quickly. Could I lead this nation? Possibly, but not until I hear the song, the singing that's coming soon. Cats over there, she's like, He's not rapping like a buffoon. He's got some intellectual nature and is flowing without any sort of instrumental. How does he do it? Is he using his physical? No, he is using his mental. All right. And now <laughs> I right now I introduce That's hardly second. Oh, let me do a rap that way it's easy to follow. So I go to the okay. store and I can't even rhyme properly. And now I came back with no skills. Oh, what a terrible rap, easy to follow. <laughs> that one is, uh, whoa, that's the easiest act ever to follow. It didn't even rhyme. So it's like a broken poem. Cat, would you follow my just terrible rap? Because with 
some form of singing that we could all take in? Um, trying to think of what song to sing. Um, how boring of me. I guess. It's, um, it's thoughtful, okay? What she called boring was called thoughtful, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> she tried to turn it around like it was boring. Um, okay. Well, I sing this one a lot when people put me on the spot to sing, so I guess I'll just sing it, but not the whole thing. Okay, so this is the one you would choose, not because it's on the spot, but this is of, of great choosing. <laughs> I like how you keep reframing for me. Reframing right here. Uh, thank you. Yep. Um, okay. When all the world is a hopeless jumble and the raindrops tumble all around, heaven opens a magic lane. When all the clouds darken up the skyway, there's a rainbow highway to be found. Leading from your window pane to a place behind the sun, just a step beyond the rain, somewhere over the rainbow way up high. There's a land that I heard of once in a lullaby. Thank you. Oh, cool. Well, everybody forgot about my rap. That was nice. Okay, that was, <laughs> that's cool. All right, let's Thanks take in a moment. I appreciate it. Glad to. Gets me out of my shell. Yes, put these shells aside and <laughs> only around those that can, actually this relates, boy, everything in life relates. Um, you had, do I have it? Something about shells. Oh, okay. So you had mentioned once uh, in the Gary Vee post about non-supporters and blocking things out unless someone knows you inside and out and has your back 100% or it's just opinions that are noise. This is yeah. a key point. So getting out of your shell, for example, I consider myself darn good to get out of your shell around. But the average, let's say, because of those elements, but if it's not fully there, they're not fully with you. They don't even know you and they're not fully with you. And then, you're getting it is noise it's either not for you or it's um their own it's not on your team you know there's something on your team and then there's external and so yeah i the getting out of your shell with the right people is yeah. one of the coolest things in existence 100 percent. and i remember when i graduated college one of my professors said to me the key for me, like the lesson she wanted me to take away into living life in the real world was to find my people. 
And, and I think um, someone I'm really close with now said this concept that I hadn't really thought about and he's Jewish and I think it's like, it's in the Torah or the Talmud or something, but it's basically says that doubt is the root of all evil. And I think that, that um, when you're hearing those messages, sometimes it can, for me personally, feel like, oh, am I missing something? Like maybe my perception of reality is not normal. Maybe my map is off. Maybe I need to listen to this information and that the root of that is self-doubt and when i'm really listening to whether it's aligned or not if it's resonating or not that you can feel the difference um whether it's like a closing off of the internal vision that's that my being is attempting to create is it aligned with that or not and yeah, I think taking into consideration like who is giving you that message. It's it's a big that's a big key ingredient. I noticed that. I don't know, I can't find it for some reason. I also take one of your quotes that was about doubt specifically, which would have been really handy right here, but Oh. Um, it, yeah, I think it's an older one. Mhm. Mm but when you get that feeling of doubt any i will summarize it slightly like this i've got many comments over the years that had like i was like that's discouraging and then every single one of them i realized was that person talking to themselves through me doing something that themselves wasn't doing every single time it's kind of and after the fact there's no like i told you so you're just like why did we have to go through that at all but they're just like i have doubts and they hope that it sticks on you but if you don't let it then they'll look for somebody else for it to stick on or maybe rethink like wait a minute i could believe in myself a little bit more and build my thing yeah right if you don't get those reinforcing something's off there should be that connected point or else that's not where you're supposed to be yeah and there are enough people that you can find the ones who will be on the same page with you. So that's true. With life being a book, everybody, and there are pages. <laughs> Some people are on the same pages. This is for the really uh, visual listener out there. Oh, okay, same. Oh wait, get it. Sorry, got a phone call. For about one second, we were not on the same page because the stream. <laughs> Yes. This for a second. Where cat nowhere to be found. Is cat short now for cat? I don't know what that was. The thing I wrote about doubt. Right. It was. I seriously thought I quoted it, but it's not showing up in my quotes. Do you so, have like a little note? You have like notes you're referring to. I don't want to. You know showcase anything behind the scenes but <laughs> notes are key not only notes sometimes this was a thing i was doing for a couple of months i was journaling while talking with people in a book while talking with people i was journaling oh. one of the most useful things i did i'll probably bring it back because 
how about getting somewhere with people and figuring out things versus letting the conversation just float by and that's good but there's some real benefits that came from actually like oh this was worthwhile this was a good thing this is something that the more thought we put in we make those moments valuable versus they just float away and then a year later we're like there's not that much that i could be doing that's going on there's plenty you just let it all float away there's flowers mm -hmm. in your garden that you could have sold to you mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think someone i really love said um we get rewarded for the things that we practice in private that's another way of saying what you just said you know it's like when you it's inevitable that if you put time and attention towards something, you'll be rewarded for it. It's the value exchange. And time and attention, I think, is the, the highest valued currency. I agree with this. We only have this much. I always tell people it's this much, but they're like, that. you're mocking life. It's not that short. But actually, when you blink, 10 years goes by. Blink, 10 years goes by. That's a life. There you go. It's not a blink. That's all. Now, which is something else. It's just, it's always a constant reminder. Life will give you more of a punch than any other person can. So looking at life is a great way to keep in uh, order and I guess discipline or whatnot, because it just keeps reminding you somehow. You have been on, my segues are completely non-segues, but you have been on multiple, sh I don't know, shows, programs, we'll call them. They are on Amazon or Lifetime they include three, where are my notes? I don't get it. Where's a chunk of my notes that were there? I am firing, you guys are fired. Seriously, all four, why are you still here? I thought I kicked you out, six of you. I don't know where they went. Can you tell us about yeah. of the, oh, wait, 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 wait. There, they were here, it's just I couldn't scroll down there. I probably Ooh. have a belt here too, let me see. Unbelievable. Oh, there it is, okay, it was all there. It's just I couldn't. Ugh. I started using Notion instead of Evernote, by the way, for note taking. Do you journal in some form? Uh, I do. Good. Yeah. Is it written or typed? It's written. Okay. Unless all I have is my phone, then sometimes it has to be blurted out on my, you know, notes or whatever. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. But I like everything handwritten. I mean, I know everything needs to be on you know technology now in order to keep it but i prefer the old school i want to give a shout out to cat and present that i have written stuff on a journal as well and i highly support that there's something healthy about it it feels way like you're with existence it just feels better i know one of my best friends um, her mom, who's like a, a second mom to me, she likes to keep calendars like the old way, like on a, you know, big piece uh -huh. of paper, you know, the big calendars or whatever. And my friend Chloe is always like, mom, you can't keep a calendar like that. Like you, you can't do that. It's not allowed anymore. Like you have to do it on your phone. You have to do it on whatever. And I I empathize with that resistance because I I feel it too. <laughs> like 
can't you can't keep writing on paper there are now electronic devices that you can press your thumb with and somehow it's more efficient get them away like if i had it my way i would just have someone else do all the technology and all the editing shout out to the podcast what is editing and why <laughs> is that a part of it oh cut this thing move this uh, right we share that element of like how about we can get to the people-based aspect of these things and skip out the which is good because as technology gets better and better and better, these things, boom, five years from now, I can talk to somebody who's in, in China and he talks Chinese or she and talks back to me and I translate it automatically and human to human connection even better at some point. Mm. Things like this, right? We can skip all the, the middle steps. I don't like these middle steps. They're slow, They're very slow. Yeah, tedious. Look, my vocab is limited now. Tedious is good. Yes. It's taxing. I like people in connection, similar to yourself. You like people. This is the quote, by the way, about that. It's not exactly a quote, but my description of it was that some of people who are depressed pick apart life through their view, like filter of doubt, and they could use a change of what they value instead. So they're always taking into account doubt and they talk like with like a no mindset about what they could do, what could work. What are your thoughts on doubt? I remember that post very vividly. Um, I wrote that after Anthony Bourdain committed suicide. Mm -hmm. And I remember it really bothered me. It really upset me. Um, and it also brought up the memory of Robin Williams too. And how, um, and it goes back to what we were saying about being and doing. And if I place my sense of value of my human life on what I'm doing or what I'm having instead of who I'm being, then it's inevitable that you can pick apart your existence to the point where you're like, this has no, me this has no meaning. What's the point? It's done. I want, I want out. And that also reminds me of Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning, which has had like such a huge impact on me as well. And I re-listen to parts of it all the time because I just feel like if someone could come out of that with a sense of meaning, then I have no excuse. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. So. Yeah. I actually included that also. I believe this is related to that. All can be taken from a person, but the ability to choose their attitude in any given set of circumstances. And then you are drawn to people who have experienced a lot of pain and don't run away and collapse because life is too much for them. So they go at it. Like Jay-Z said, don't run from the pain, go towards it. Yeah, I mean, it's easier said than done because our nature is like, avoid the pain. Ah! <laughs> You know, and there's a good balance. Like you gotta be gentle with the self and stuff, but yeah. Wow, I really appreciate that you went through all my little musings and stuff. Cause I, I wonder sometimes like, are people just liking these pictures or are they actually listening to what I'm expressing? So it's cool. Well, I have information. There's good news and bad news. 
The good, the, I'll go with the bad news first, so it leads up to the good news. The bad news is, good, are you ready for it? Because I, I can make it two layers of bad news and a good news. You know, most <laughs> of like releases of stuff, press releases, like thing and then thing, and there's so much build up to like marketing, but that's a different category. The bad news is, can't, sadly, a lot of people are, are liking the pictures just for the pictures. Sorry, I can't help it. It's a good chunk of our society. I don't know. I long live everybody. On the other hand, it, this makes the good news even better. Shout outs to the good news. Everybody ready for this one? I hope so, because it's coming real 80 miles an hour. I, I and some, I'll call it a minority, uh, are not only do I look for it, but I'm even more so like I've always been kind of text oriented. I like seeing the messages because I like to see what what can I take from this? What are the thoughts? Where's the person here? There's only so much I can do with a picture. It's a picture. Like there's only so much I can. But some people it's just they're more visually and it's just joy and whatnot. But for me. It's very limited. Instagram has always been a little bit from the first day when I opened Instagram. It's not the reaction most people have. I was like, I don't know what I'm looking at. It took me like a month before, like, I'm like, I still don't know what I'm looking at. I saw like a Justin Timberlake showing his award, and that was the whole post. And everybody was like, fire emoji or something. I was like, I don't know what I'm looking at here. I came from Twitter where people are like writing quotes and thoughts and stuff. So it confused me for a long time, but I get it. It's a different like kind of mindset on it. But back to what you were saying, no tangents here. Uh, the yeah, small select crew, the your people, as described earlier, actually look at those things and frankly, almost only see those things. So no offense to all your other, that's great. But I really focus on the messages, the quotes, the thoughts, because the, the rest to me kind of disappears. It's like... Transient. Mm -hmm. It's gone with the wind, puns, puns all day. And... I don't, I, my old blog in 2008, 9, 10, 11 was called Timeless Information because I like things that have like something from 1500 years ago that's still accurate. Our brains didn't change that much in the last 2000 years. They still have the same neurotransmitters. Like humans have barely altered in that form. So I like to look at those things versus like something that five years later, that person looks different or they present themselves like that's, what was I connecting with? Mm -hmm. so yeah. How do you feel about that from the other end? I love that. Yeah. I think that's a lot of what um, ancient teachings were trying to point at, you know? That's why I go to those teachings a lot when I'm seeking a sense of groundedness. Um, but yeah, it's like all the things that inevitably will will go or maybe less valuable or less significant but i do think we can communicate in in pictures and you know there are some it's just we're over you know it's like overly saturated now for sure mm-hmm Yes, I will add that in here. I, I it's like I was roasting images and videos. Let's get rid of these. I don't know what people are doing, but they should be removed. And they're using more data anyway. Text takes way less data for all the networks. Let's clear out pictures. Let's clear out videos. When we get to virtual reality and like it's a hologram or it's visual in your mind, okay. But until we skip to then, just gonna <laughs> oh skip a God. couple of steps. To no, me. totally. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's different and it's cool. I mean, everyone has a different preference, you know? Mm -hmm. Some people like reading, some people absorb information through kinesthetics in their body. Oh, of all, all those different categories, text-based, picture, video, kinesthetic, what has been your dominant way of taking things in that has the most resonance? I think um, audio and probably music, like sound is, I'm very, yeah, sound probably. Like listening to people talk and listening to um, music and that kind of stuff. Um, but I mean, I'm kind of insatiable. I love it all. Like I love films and I visuals and communicating that way with color and tone and light. And like, I just, everything creative I can get down on. I mean, I'm just very excited about life. I think in general, like a baby, just like, uh, this is crazy. Yeah. That concept is key. Whenever I hear like I think of in a, like a baby, I think of, you know, high plasticity, ability to take in new information, not rigid, looking out with things that they're as though they're interesting and like the opposite of um, those who take on too much doubt or regret over years. And it's sort of like they just they package it in themselves. Here's doubt and here's regret and here's doubt. And they're like in this little thing versus it's not that long live these visuals I'm creating. And now you're like able to move around like little kids. And it's kind of like Mr. Kanye West when he talked about, you know, kids when they grow up, there's like a coffee table and their parents tell them, don't play around that. That's a coffee table, you break it. And then everything in their life becomes a coffee table. And it's like, it was fun before. Now it's not mm. fun anymore. Mm. It constricted. Mm. That's not appealing. No. Now, I want to mention a few of these shows and you can you let us know what they represent to you or not what they represent but how has the experience gone on for example psycho escort <laughs> oh my god yeah psycho escort was my second lifetime movie it was a great experience um filming and and it was just very fun i really loved the actors I got to work with, the makeup artist, the costume designer, you know, everybody on set is super warm, super loving. The director is a woman, which was very exciting for me. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I mean, it's a Lifetime movie. It's one of those kind of thrilling uh, romance turned scary movies and i happen to play the younger sister of the main character so i'm kind of the um the relief from the tension oh imagine that okay now one thing in, in movies have you been in a certain role or do you uh, desire a certain type of role or end up in a certain type, or has it been not that way? I don't notice a pattern yet because I haven't, um, I mean, I, I, you know, I've been 
cast in movies for a couple of years now. Um, Kidnapped by a classmate. Letters from the heart. Yeah, they're totally different characters. Like they're all very um, psycho escort. I'm like a nerdy psychology student, college psychology student. Uh, they're all facets of me, though. The well, I guess not necessarily. The, uh, kidnapped by a classmate. I play a drug dealer's girlfriend who's like abused and um, lost, and she's an addict herself. She has really low self-esteem and all that. Um, saving hope or love. Uh, letters from the heart. I play a businesswoman out in the city and my grandmother dies and gives me this kind of, she gives me this very strange ultimatum and um, I end up finding love and I fight for what I believe in and what I value. Um, and then Jesse the Golden Heart is the first lead of a feature I did and she's a Scottish true life character who is a servant who realizes she's not a servant but then can't end up being with the man that she loves um so it's a little yeah I mean the pattern there but they're all very like it makes sense why I was cast that way I think I think we all embody different archetypes and energies and um I'm still figuring out like what you were saying earlier, marketing and um, castability. But my dream in life is basically to be a character actress who gets to explore, you know, a vastly different variety of characters, which is uncommon for um, a young, attractive woman. Usually we get put into a type and that's that. I mean, that's typical in Hollywood in general. Like people get put into a type and it's hard to see them outside of that thing. You would like to branch. You don't want to be stuck to this one branch. You like variety of branches for his rules. want to do everything. Right. No limits. No, I mean, obviously there are limits, but um, or are there? We don't support limits on this one. We don't support dragonflies. <laughs> um, uh, what is it? The uh, leaf blowers leaf and limits. Okay. What are these things? Every once in a while, we have these limits, and then two years later, somebody else does it. And you know who is the person who most doesn't like that person who did it? The person who heavily believed in the limit and thought, "Well, I thought that was the rule," and then that person did it. I don't like them. Oh, wait a minute. Actually, I don't like myself for putting this block. We shouldn't say no to ourselves. It's not a great way to go about things. One thing I had taken into, I liked your, by the way, shout outs to good energy. I'm, I have to point these things as they're occurring because I'm so in the moment, it's ridiculous. Meta on top of meta. You have a, it's a, you're there. I what? You're there. You're. Oh, I'm here. If you're in, it's not like people hear this like, yeah, she's there. Okay. But no, I mean like, uh, that's it's nice your thoughtful nature it's very it's highly appreciated i don't even like the word appreciated because it's like a boring word to me sort of but it's that 
something about the word just bores me. Just saying, I, I just I feel like bored. But it's it's a very nice quality. You don't have to have that. Maybe like cat something. Yeah. Well, I want to have exactly this role, and uh, I it could be very constricted. That's all I'm saying. I like to bring the counterpoint because people get spoiled. They hear us and they think like, wow, things are just the world is looking up. No, this is not so common. This is atypical and it's good to represent. But if you go outside, you're not seeing this casually, okay? And if you were, the whole world got real altered real quickly because I see very little of That's the goal though. Mm -hmm. That would be awesome. One thing you had mentioned was you did some sort of, uh, you like flowers. I also like flowers. Do. You did some. Do you have a favorite flower? Oh that? my gosh, that's difficult. Probably the rose, like a an old garden uh, heirloom English rose. That's cool. <laughs> I like some flowers, and I like sage. Sage smells good, also as a. It's not a flower. Yeah. Sage is really good. Mm -hmm. You had mentioned that, and then you like daydreaming and breathing. Have you meditated in some form? which kind of connects with what I was just describing of the, just the nice feeling. Have you done any of that to get yourself into a clearer headspace somehow if that was your place? Yeah, I love to meditate. I meditate. I've studied a bunch of different types of meditation. Um, I studied Zen meditation, uh, Kundalini yoga, which has a lot of different mantras and chants. Um, I studied transcendental meditation, which is probably the one I most consistently uh, use, is like the internal mantra, um, 20 minutes twice a day. And then I also have just done, you know, like sitting quietly, observing the breath, um, and I've done the Buddhist meditation, the Nam Myoho Renge Kyo chanting, which is awesome. Really love that too. So yeah, meditation's awesome. I threw that in relation to that. I forgot that I was there. I had one student that was in, uh, I had students in Pacific Palisades area and one of them, their mom ran a Buddhist meditation group thing so sometimes i'll be working with them and in the background boom i'm hearing that and they would really with like lots and lots of people doing that it gets pretty full the room gets really full and i hadn't experienced that till then so yeah it's really powerful i mean there are all these yeah um i think it's sgi yep. i don't yeah that was their Where? thing yeah, and you can just go and it's free and you can chant with other people and it's really powerful. Like you feel energized and elevated. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing for someone listening in, like how is everybody keeping up with the timing of this ridiculously well with each other? Because everybody was doing the same part of the chant at the same time for like minutes. Nobody was missing a beat. Well, it's an ancient um, way of getting into a transcendent state and um, singing or chanting together in a large group, you're all in this same thing. It's similar to, I mean, all ancient cultures have done either that or psychedelics or 
um, they'll get into a trance state by drumming or making music and dancing. Um, but there are all, all these habits that humans have always had to connect with something bigger than, you know, the self, the limited story that we tell ourselves about who we are and what we need to do during the day, you know? It's like, I think Alan Watts talks about that too. Like, what? What did Alan Watts say? Some, you know, the gist is like, you know, we, we're so hungry to know who we are and define who we are, but then we're all seeking to forget who we are in order to feel free of that. And like, that's what we're all hungering for is whatever it is that allows us to escape ourselves in a way. He definitely didn't say it like that. He said it way more eloquently. Not as eloquently. Alan <laughs> would have tried to get it like that. No, but it sounded more eloquent because he has an English accent. Oh, right. Like <laughs> anything with, you can say like, you know, pour me some water and it's another, fill me some water. Okay, great. Now we're going to have a sophisticated, it's a different level. It changes anything into. Really you know, I will do. I will do my British. If you can bring Scottish, we are we are now in the UK. How do you do, young young lady, Miss? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> how do you do? I'm all right. How are you? Oh, I'm all right. I just got back from Yorkshire. Where have you been this afternoon? <laughs> oh, I live uh, in the country, so it's nice to see someone I've never met before. How's it going? You all right? This is true. It is going all right because our part of the nation owns your part of the nation. <laughs> I don't want to get into that. It's probably best for me to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> I've just got to represent that way so I can feel up and mighty. Yeah. I have a better accent that's sort of like a, I don't know, whatever Borat is. This is good. You are doing good in the Scottish accent. You did number one. Keep it up, and then we can both be in a movie film. That <laughs> accent's so classic. Tasha Rare Cohen is like genius. We're the same uh, personality type in the Myers-Briggs system, so indirectly you just call me a genius. Thank you. Thank you. That's appreciated. Kidding. But he's, he's <laughs> solid. He's solid in his form of coming up with things on the spot. One thing yeah. that this well, two, there's a lot of things that come to my mind. Can you tell I have an active mind? I don't know. Possibly. One thing is, have you, do you listen to, what are your thoughts on podcasts? Do you listen to other ones? You're audio oriented. It seems like you do. I feel like she does. This is my guess. And let's find out. I mean, of course, listen to Joe Rogan. Mm -hmm. You know, who doesn't? Um, right. I love Russell Brand's podcast lately. I've been a huge fan of his for a long time. He also studied Kundalini Yoga. That's kind of how he came onto my radar. And um, and then he wrote a 
He recently wrote a book about um, addiction and recovery, so I read it and I thought it was really good. Um, he's really cool. Uh, I also, if you like movies and Hollywood, there's a podcast called You Must Remember This. Um, and it's about, it's like very historical and about different times in Hollywood and different people. And there's, I think, six or seven episodes focused on Charles Manson and his involvement in Hollywood and kind of the goings on. And it's a really great pairing with um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. If you're not familiar with the actual history of that time period and what happened with all of those characters, it's a really amazing way to get more information. But there's so much, there are so many more episodes that are just amazing. Um, those are the ones that come to mind, but I, you know, I listen to a lot. Mm -hmm. Do you usually listen to them audio-based or with the videos you watch, or is it more just audio? I listen to the audio. I don't really, yeah, I don't sit and watch. Mm -hmm. This is part of the popularity of podcasts in 2020. You can be doing anything, and there they are in the background. Not affecting you at all. Walking, whatever. Mm -hmm. You don't have to change what you were doing already. Yeah. One thing that came to mind earlier, psychedelics. Have you tried any of these things? Have you network connected your brain in different ways or not, not tried? And then you're just thinking this could be. Um, yeah, I've definitely explored. With Tell us about how it, what kind of impacts you noticed. Oh my goodness. Well, I was raised atheist. My dad is a big science person. Shout out to your dad, also frontiersman, went in the mountain, something like that. And, um, and I mean, he still is a big science person. And, um, and I just remember this, like, I, I was super into, in high school, I was super into Dawkins and um, so like, uh, just looked down on people who had a sense of spirituality and something of beyondness. And it left me feeling very alone and like life was just chaos, that the universe is disorganized and none of it matters. Um, and when I tried mushrooms, I, felt the opposite of that. I felt a very deep sense of belonging. I felt very free from the inner critical voice that I would often, I remember like we had this big piece of paper and we were just coloring. And when it started to hit me, I remember drawing and being like, this is so awesome. And then thinking to myself, like normally I would be analyzing how good this drawing was not just appreciating it for what it is and that sense of freedom of needing to judge was so it just like this feeling of unconditional love washed over me and it changed my whole life like and i've definitely experimented 
over the years and um yeah i find it to be really beneficial and amazing so this makes sense i have recently looked into i got some sense of the actual physical changes that some of the psychedelics cause and it's a disconnection with your you know, prefrontal cortex judgments, your executive decision making, and also other one with your hippocampus, you're like your memories. So it's sort of like you don't have the weight of your memories on you. You don't have the weight of judgment on you. Then suddenly you're free to just do whereas before you'd have this like, this like viewing eye on you like what are you is this? Are you sure about right? Which is not as free. So that right. made sense completely. Then it matched with everybody's description. I couldn't get the sense of it until I got this. And now I'm like, oh, I get it. It just takes mm -hmm. the weight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it increases the neural, the neural connections. And um, also very, you know, depending on what you're taking, um, like in terms of the, the ratio or how you're ingesting it, uh, it'll affect your visual perception and you can see so much more beauty and almost like a universe within something pretty benign like a flower or a rock um and getting in touch with awe in that way is just it's very powerful I highly recommend it, but it's not required. I mean, you can get to that state in other ways. That's what I was going to add in. Is it now that you, after the fact, is it possible or not really? Is it actually a physical change? Can you have the mindset you had while on some sort of psychedelic without being on one? Or is it too much of a, a reach? I think, um, like, can you pull back to that and be like, okay, I felt like this. I didn't think of this. Okay. Now when it shows up, I just disregard or is that tough? It's not I mean, same. I definitely think like any experience it'll make an imprint and you can go back to the, you know, have the recall. Um, is it as intense? No, I mean, no, but, um, actually something that I'm working on right now, it's called Havaya and it's basically a way for people to come together in mutual beingness or presence a safe environment where people of like mind can come together and almost be in a meditative state but but not be meditating be just sitting together being and whatever comes up in the present moment as a co-creation is welcomed and a collaborative experience um and it's in development there's going to be an app it's going to be like an you know an uber and airbnb an app where you can find these meetings all over town it's launching in la but it's been in brussels for 12 years and um that has been the closest thing i mean even doing hours and hours of um kundalini yoga and meditation and all these things like when it's not a shared experience, for me personally, it hasn't had as significant of an impact 
take that non-Havaya-like things because you cannot meet that level. That's a nice, I get it. It's that nice thing when there's a, there's a good feeling and it feels like you wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Can I, would, would that be the case? For sure, 100%. Yeah, exactly. This sense of unconditional love washing over my being, you know, it's priceless. It's really cool. Yes. The last thing I want to include is one, well, it's, it's two things. I, there's no limit. But one is, what is one question you have for me? And then after that, if you have a message for all of humanity. But first, what is the message you have for me, the host of this episode? Does anything um, what is your favorite creative thing that you're working on right now? Well, I recently just stole the idea for Habaya from somebody, so I'm going to be branching this out <laughs> to thousands of people. It's just, I came up with it in the sandy beaches. Kidding. Uh, wait, can you say that again? What is the, can you repeat that? What is the, what's your favorite creative endeavor that you're working on right now? Well, they do all connect. So I would say the show, but then I also write, so I create that. I'd, I'd probably say the show and then I, I freestyle rap sometimes in the car, so that's always wonderful. I can't, almost never stop making, so that one's a tough one because then I write stuff. Okay, so what, like to get more specific, is there a certain mm -hmm. topic that you're writing about right now that has you most excited or a certain conversation on the podcast that you are most excited about something like that like sort a topic. so like the first thing that comes to mind is key moments for example while we're communicating here and connect like in a deep form that's my favorite part of existence okay what else are we here for oh cool but putting that to the side i would like to have like a you know, two guests on at a time later on this year, have a co-guest and then, I mean, a co-host and then a guest. I want to do one with, in a different language later this year where I take it from Google Translate. I say it in their language from Google Translate. They answer in their language. I did the whole episode in their language. I don't know exactly what they answered until I translate it back later, but it's functional and be like, they'd be like, what? How did he do an episode in German? I would have thought. So branching out in that form. I've been branching out with music I've been listening to. I never listened to certain kinds of music I listen to now. So the branching out is key and the neighborhood's branching out. And then me connecting with more, I like the, for me, the my favorite place is when there's a lot happening. Like, okay, uh, okay, cat, gotta go. I gotta go do the thing, I gotta send the thing. And the guy, I gotta email that guy. Now I'm gonna have those two guests. Oh, your dad is a science person. What's his name? We can interview him, we can have him on the thing, then have him on the co-guest. Speaking of your dad, what, does he do science or? I mean, right now he's a math teacher, but he's, yeah, he's a scientist too. Oh, that's cool. Is there any specific category of science that he was into? Um, chemistry and microbiology. That's cool. 
Yeah, because you mentioned Richard Dawkins earlier. I thought like if he's an evolutionary biologist, then they're right along with each other. Oh my God, no. I mean, I think he would love to be. It's probably uh, informed enough <laughs> to have a conversation about it if you're mm -hmm. into having a conversation with him. He's like a crazy genius person. Well, that's unappealing for me to talk to. Are you kidding me? He's a crazy... <laughs> now I'm supposed to be like, no, you know what? No, it's fine. No big deal. Crazy genius. It's like a book. Yeah. I can connect. No, no. He, he is like a book. Oh, he is a book. Never mind writing a book. That's the being versus doing. <laughs> that might be a thing. <laughs> I might be talking with your dad at some point. Okay, watch out. Now... And then the last thing, keeping it just kind of functional nature, what is the message you have for all people of the planet that you would want them to know for themselves or their well-being? On the spot, on the spot, on the spot, on the spot. Um, Seven point eight billion people, I think. I don't know the exact numbers. Four billion more than forty years ago. Two. Focus on I am here now. That is simple and straightforward. Focus on I am here now. That's it. I'll leave it there. Cat, it's difficult to end the episode with Cat. So for future podcasts, just let the people know, like, at this point, you, you better cut it off. I don't care how enjoyable it is. You get out of here, random host person. <laughs> Well, let's do it again. This is that fun. Be, that would be fabulous. And I'm taking up on that at some point when you least expect it. It won't be tomorrow because you'd expect it. So not then. At some point. Cat. <laughs> or maybe I wouldn't expect it. That's true. I'm so made up. You can't keep up with this. Okay. I'm so, I'm doing, and I'm going there. And next, I'll be like, hey, Cat, can I have you back on? Because I just had your dad on the show and you didn't even know about it. <laughs> unexpected. Unexpected. So much. <laughs> Cat. Cool. I would like to thank you for having been on this episode number 279 of the show and bringing forth all your thoughts with all of us. Awesome. Thank you so much. You know, and we are out.